Welcome back to Kid Tested. Mother approved. I'm the kid Ruben. I'm the mom Dawn. And hello, everybody. Happy What's up? Sunday. It, well, no, you, you, I mean, you don't want to say that because what if I put this up on a Tuesday? Well, it's okay. We were recording on a Sunday. I can wish them a happy Sunday, even if it's already passed. I guess that's fair. So, okay, well, hello. Ba-bong. I, that's what we were watching. Ba-bong. We, we were watching. <laughs> like, what are you doing? We were watching Netflix. Ba-bong. Movies. Yeah, just all of it. Just in general. Just, well, I have been watching a lot of Netflix. But well, yeah, because I gave you my password. Yay. Uh, it's like a secret. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So so this week was original films on Netflix. Netflix originals, yes. Is, is, so is that different, what you said and what I said? No, it's just a, you sound less like an alien. Okay. Just, yeah, Netflix originals. I was watching an original film on Netflix. I was just, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, so you had to watch. Always be my maybe. And I had to watch, I have to write it, it's this weird to- title, A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Yeah. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You have a, you have pages of notes. No, no. I just have one. It's, it's not much. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't care because I feel like I went first last time. I'll go first. Okay. I had to watch Always Be My Maybe, starring and written and produced. It looked like their name came up a lot. By Randall Park and Ali Wong. Yes. Okay, first of all, I'm just going to say. Absolutely loved this movie. This movie was so funny and so good. And I feel like there has not been a rom-com kind of like this. Okay. In a while. Totally had its flaws. There were some parts where I was like, really? We're going to go back and forth. But also, it very much felt like a When Harry Met Sally, where it's not just a back and forth. It's, yeah. a, it's a highs and lows. Over a really long time period, not like a Hallmark movie where it happens in a weekend. Yeah, this was this wasn't. Oh, we just met and now we're in love. This was like, this was a lifetime of will they, won't they? Yes. Um, I loved all of the characters in this movie. Okay, like, like I thought they all were very well written. I thought that, like I said, it it kind of breaks stereotypes with with his dad and his mom being like. They're not stereotypes. No one in this movie is a stereotype, which I think is interesting. Yes. Uh, because had this movie been made in the 80s, it totally would not have been Asian actors. No. It would have been Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Could have been, yeah. But I, but I think that it's better that it that it it branches that out. And it's like, look, it, it doesn't have to always be normal white people. Right. But, but you know what I mean? Like, like, it's a good romantic comedy where it's like, oh, and it just so happens the characters are Asian. That... Really has no pl- like with the lack of major stereotypes existing, which is good. Right. It doesn't matter who plays these characters because it's still good. Obviously, the names are kind of like you can't have like a white guy be like, "Hi, I'm Tran or Sasha Tran or whatever." Right. But I, I thought it was interesting. I thought Randall Park was great. I thought Ali Wong was great. You you have a problem with it, Randall Park? Not a problem, but well, I just so in my mind, he's <laughs> the dad from Fresh Off the Boat, and he's got in the show his oldest son is college guy. Yeah. So it's just it was hard. I mean, I didn't have a problem with him. It was just the fact that I felt like he was wrongly cast. But then when I watched the credits, I was like, okay, this was kind of like their little baby. Yeah. You know, this was their project. Um the the main actress's name is Ali Wong. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about she's, her? She's a comic. I loved her glasses. <laughs> I did. I, I thought she was, I just thought they were super cool in how she wore them sometimes and she didn't. And um, it, so it wasn't my favorite. No. Is it the better of the two that we watched this time? Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Um, so the plot is, and really quick, uh, he is 46 okay. and she's 38. Yeah, eh, t- to me, there there was a major age difference. Yeah, I think she looks a lot younger than thirty eight, and I think he looks a little older than uh, forty six, or just around forty six. And I think that was I could see why that being the problem. She, I was surprised to see she's thirty eight. Right. Well, th- and that was my problem. Like he was trying to be a rap star or whatever, and he's yeah. forty six years old, and I'm thinking, okay, this is way. But he's good at it, which I kind of like. Well, kind of, but, but anyway. he's not bad. The songs well, are kind of, kind of the songs are kind of hokey, right? But um, I thought that was funny. Uh, okay. Also, aren't they like they're eighteen or whatever in two thousand? Is that what is it? The year two thousand or two thousand ten or like when when they first boink? Um, they were in high school. Yeah, but they were about to go to college. But what year was that? Was it two thousand? 
So they would have been 18. So no, way early. That's what I'm saying. It, it yeah. I, I think they were portrayed as younger than they actually are. And I think that also kind of threw me off a little bit. Well, but and another thing that threw me off a little bit was that it was them playing high schoolers. I love that. Because to me, that that was like the joke. Where well, yeah, because there's no way. Yeah, there's absolutely no way. But it's kind of like it works. Right. Because we, you know what's so funny? It works better for her than it did for him. Absolutely, it like, did. Well, she her, even had like braces and retainers and stuff, which was, was really bit, funny. Obviously, the joke is, you know, 30 somethings, well, 40 something in his case, playing a high school kid. He has a very big head. He does have a very big head. And he did not look no. like a high school um, and yeah, but I thought she she played it well. Okay, so the whole movie is this kind of blossoming friendship between Ali Wong and Randall Park, whose character's names I already forgot. Her yeah. name is Sasha. Right. Don't remember his name. Right. No, I don't remember his name. Dad is the dad is Harry. Yeah. Okay. So he has a really good home life. Yes. His parents are present. They care about him. Her parents are just not present. They almost view work all the time. They work all the time. The restaurant is kind of more their child than she is, but they're not bad and no one in this movie is bad there is not a bad guy okay <laughs> there's a bad guy but he's not a bad guy he's just an idiot and he's insane and he's so i have to say we'll talk about it when we get to it but for me that was the best part of the film mm-hmm. so uh i i personally I, and they kind of faked that out too, which was very funny. Because do you remember? Okay, we'll get there. But so okay, so this and it, it's the story of Ali Wong and Randall Park and how they they grew up being friends. And I think in like two thousand, when they're about to graduate, is when his mom dies. He's supposed to be a high school kid when that's all happening. Right. But I love the beginning of the film. I'm going to mm-hmm. jump. Yeah, that's way fine. back there because she's she gets home from school, latchkey kid, you know, yeah, lets herself much, yeah. in. Message says, "Hey, we're at the restaurant. F- don't watch TV. Make yourself food." And so she's making herself food. And then the little boy from next door, that's where we meet Randall Park as a little who, boy. Both of those kids were fantastic. They played the, they played like who they were supposed to be amazingly. But, and I just love where he said, my mom wants to know if you want soup and you have to take soup. Otherwise I'm that thermos kid that nobody wants to <laughs> yeah, sit. Don't want to be the thermos kid. <laughs> right, that nobody wants to sit next to because I brought a thermos of soup for school. So please come and get some soup. And they basically were um, best friends after since then. And yeah. she was really craving that parental relationship. That he had. Yeah. That he had and that she needed. And mm-hmm. his mom and dad were providing that for her. And then his mom dies. There was Ugh. an accident. Yes. Um, and his dad kind of like walks up. What are they doing? They're like on the pier fishing or something. And he finds yeah. them and he comes think, and tells them. Is that? That's after, That's before they boink, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're supposed to be like 17, yeah. which they're clearly not. But no. I thought they were in college just how he was dressed. Right. I was like, oh, they're like in college. I was like, no. Well, and the wig was just weird for It was, it was so, so annoying. Funny. It was so funny, though. I think it was the same wig from your movie to my movie. Oh, I know exactly what wig you're talking about, <laughs> which is funny because I, we'll talk about that. We'll talk okay. about that wig in a sec of okay. your movie. Um, also, two wigs. Well, I felt my movie was very, like, weirdly uplifting. Yes. Like, it was very, like, you you wanted everyone, like, this just, it's it's very weird to me because it really did capture that, like, uplifting kind of will-they-won't-they-ness of an 80s rom-com, which, I'm, rom-coms still exist, sure, but I really feel like we haven't gotten one like this. Right. This was, like, an 80s rom, this was a Billy Crystal, Tom Hanks rom-com in right. my opinion and it was funny um they you know they grow up she becomes this world famous celebrity chef she's famous she's rich she's important and he isn't but he's not failing no. i loved that i absolutely loved to the fake out the total fake out when he's an adult and he's smoking pot in his room and dancing in the mirror yes and his dad comes and he goes what are you doing and you think his dad's going to be like, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, um, smoke a pot and dancing in the mirror. And then the dad just starts dancing too. <laughs> it was great. Because the dad cares about him. Right. And, and he's like, look, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. And, and he, he pushes him to like do better. But he's never like, you're bad. You're the reason. You're the reason mom died. Right. That is never, ever, ever a plot point because it doesn't need to be. Right. 
And I also love at one point when Randall Park is kind of like freaking out on Ali Wong. Uh huh. She's like, well, she was like my mom. And he's like, she isn't though. You have a family. Right. You have everything. You just latched onto mine. Right. Because it gave you more attention, essentially. And and I thought that was really cool. That's it was a huge, there was like their first big blowout at yeah. each other. This was a, ve- okay, the- and that was very funny too, because it was in the middle of a Burger King. Yes, because that, well, that was after. That was after. And then the guys, the guys like, uh, do you want to order something? This is really good for crying in your car while you eat it. <laughs> it was- this was a very funny movie. Some of these movies, okay, I'm sure you can go back and find episodes of the show where I say certain movies don't let a serious moment sit, be serious. They have to put a joke in there. There was a couple parts like that where it was like serious moment and then a joke. But the jokes were so funny that it was like, okay, you, you, it's, it's, not, it's not a stupid joke. It's kind of like, right. or it is, you know, some of it's like also, it works. I love that the dad started dating the, the impersonator. Yes, when they went to the birthday party. Yeah, because he moved on. Right. And that was okay. And he wasn't mad at Randall Park. He was almost afraid Randall Park was going to be mad at him. Right. And there was a really pivotal scene between the two of them when Randall Park says, I'm your caregiver. And he goes, I don't need a caregiver. Yeah. He said, you can't stop your life because of me. I'm fine. Yeah. Because earlier we do see him like giving him medicine. He's like, hey, man, I need your help for some medicine. But it's like he can, he doesn't need. That's what he said. He could poke himself. Yeah. He doesn't need that. Right. Uh, I personally loved uh, her parents as well because it's cool we don't see them being it obviously we don't see them when they're absent in her life as a kid but as an adult they're just like we want to we want to be here now we're so sorry like we want to do this and she's almost shutting them out like nope absolutely nope, nope, nope. not almost she is and 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 everyone around her is kind of like they're trying and you're not like right they realize their mistake and she's almost like well too little too late and it's like well not really and i think it was even randall park's character said Every or one of the characters said to her, "Everything in your life is not terrible. You're looking at the negative." He says that. He everything. says it. they both do that in so many different ways, and it's such a, a subtle little thing. Like Randall Park says, "Oh, you don't even like my music." She a hundred percent loves his music because, as the audience, we see scenes of her enjoying the situation that he doesn't even notice. So it shows to us that it's legit, but it's. But we also see what he perceives, right? Which is genius. I was so I loved that because you could also be like, "Oh, that's poor writing," because because we don't actually see her dislike it. It goes, "No, no, no." He's thinking she does. He is thinking right. that she's only liking it because he's doing it. But she is like cheering and saying, "That's my boyfriend!" Like in her cute glasses. Yeah, Sorry. I I. No, I loved that. I loved that they both, like, he kind of called her out on the problem. Right. But they both had the problem. Right. Of almost the woe is me. And right. it's like, do you, they both had very conflicting lives, but kind of meshing them and making that work is what was important. Right. And I love the scene when the parents come to the restaurant mm-hmm. and or they're having, oh, no, they show up at her house or something. And they're like, we went to your restaurant in San Francisco. We didn't even tell people who we were. We paid. Yeah. And we even ordered shrimp or Extra something. Extra shrimp, yeah. Yeah. It was Cause, just because they were really trying. And it was when she saw that that yeah, she realized they, they really were. Because her whole life they were very, like, cheap and, like, no, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't order a cab because then they expect you to tip and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, they hand her the receipt. At first, I was like, why are they giving her the receipt? Yeah, I was kind of like, did they sell something? I had, did they want a refund? I thought they sold the, the the restaurant and, like, named it after her or something. Oh. Which was a cool thought in my mind because that actually got flipped on me. Right. Because when Randall Park kind of flips over, and was, you don't have high end or, like, this, he was like, Asian food is, is small or Korean food is small. That's the whole point is that it's small. And so she opens this new restaurant with that small thing and names it after his mom. And it's all his mom's recipes. And it's it's so cute. Okay. What? Okay. So now we have to talk about because halfway through the movie. Oh, my gosh. He kind of realizes with his dad's help. Again, I loved his dad's character. His dad yes. was such a great character because his dad was the friend. A lot of these guys in these movies have that friend or even right. she does have that friend who's like, you got to go talk to her or do this. It was the dad. Yeah. Because he didn't really have friends. He had his bandmates who were just, they were just there for jokes. Color. Yeah, they were just funny. Yeah, they were they funny. They didn't do anything. No. Um, and it was so stu- there was that stupid scene with the tennis balls. I was like, but it was it was funny. 
right. was like, whatever, this is not, this is just a joke scene. Um, so he goes to tell Ali Wong how he really feels about her. Yes. And she's like, oh, I started dating somebody new because she went to a Netflix premiere. Or she, yes. Uh, of a new Kevin James movie or something. So someone starts talking to her and I'm like, I knew who it was, but I'm like, oh, they want you to think it's Kevin James. Right. But you knew the, I mean, because I knew he was in it too. And should we just say who it was? It's Keanu Reeves. It's Keanu Reeves. And you hear his voice. And Keanu Reeves has such a distinctive voice. Yeah. It's a little bit monotone. Monotony? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's It's like, yeah, it's just very like, hello. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That sounded just like it. No, it didn't. Um, But he's like, it's like, oh, I like this. Like he is a, he's a, you say monotone, but it's very weird because it's, it's like a, yeah, it's very wavy. It is wavy. So that's who she's dating. She starts dating Keanu Reeves. And it's, it's him playing playing Keanu Reeves, which I don't know how he really is. I do know that I've heard he does a lot of great charity things for people and stuff like that. He is a known good person. He is a known very nice person. He totally kind of made fun of himself. Yes. It was hysterical. They go to this $6,000 restaurant that like... He's like, do you have anything that invokes time? And then, like, they have to eat this like beef or it's like venison or something. And you hear the sounds of the actual animal as it was like living or something. And then like, which I loved. This was such a very cool little thing. Okay. Uh, Randall Park's gross, weird girlfriend, Jenny. Yes. Is being quiet and like doing kind of what Keanu Reeves is eating where he's like, He's okay. He like cuts a bite. He's slowly eating it, thinking, and then he just starts crying and goes, "I'm sorry," and then like starts cutting another bite. But he's doing it very slow. Ali Wong is eating it like a normal piece of food. Right. I loved that. I love that because he looks at Ali Wong and she's just eating. Right. Well, and first of all, it is six thousand dollars, <laughs> but it's like three drops of food. Yeah. It's like those tiny micro it's dishes. Like nothing. No. There's like here's lavender what... bubbles or something. Yeah, exactly. That was at the dessert, and and Randall Mark is like, I'm still hungry. Yeah. He was really upset. And then they play like icebreakers at Keanu Reeves's apartment. And then him and Keanu Reeves start fighting. Yeah, and Keanu Reeves is wearing really cool glasses that have no glass in them. Yeah, so you know what's also funny is this movie came out a year ago, two years ago? I don't know. It's not fairly recent. Oh, I really don't know oh, on I, the date. I don't, I don't think it was fairly recent because do you remember why Keanu Reeves is in San Francisco? Was he filming John Wick? No. Oh. Well, in in the context of the in the context of the movie, he's filming something. Oh, okay. Keanu Reeves has been in San Francisco for the last month or so. Why is he not on our podcast? He was filming The Matrix. Oh, I didn't even Actually, know they were doing probably, another Matrix. Yeah, Matrix 4. He's been gone for a while now. I think uh, it was he a couple months we ago. We should have come and asked him to be on our podcast. I didn't even see him. I would have loved to go see him. Could you? Oh, yeah. That would... Well, do you know what was funny? Because there was this movie Kay. filming in San Francisco. Okay. And the shooting title was Project Ice Cream. Okay. Kay. Wink, 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 wink. Project Ice Cream just so happens to star Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, and and it it's Matrix Four. Matrix Four. It's Matrix Four. A casting call was looking for experienced baristas. Oh, you should have done it. I was like, well, I just like I I I couldn't. Like I was like, this would be funny if I got this. But also, imagine watching the Matrix. Like, why do you need ex- experienced baristas? And it's not like for the crew. This was for a scene. That's funny. And now I'm like, well, I'm just like, why do you need experienced baristas for a scene with Keanu Reeves in the Matrix? Like, what is that going to happen? Where he's going to be like, oh, I got to jump around in slow motion and shoot. Oh, by the way, let me go get a latte. And then you just <laughs> see my stupid face. Like, hello, welcome to coffee place. Would you like a latte? I would love to see your stupid face in a movie with Keanu Reeves. It would just the Matrix. That like, would be fun. It would just be so ridiculous. Or just well, like, we don't know. We have to see. Yeah, but I just... I just love the idea that there's just a scene in the Matrix where they feel the need to go to it. And not like the coffee's just on the table. They There needs to be people in the background who look like they know what they're doing making coffee. There you go. And it's me. Just, hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like they're like sitting at a table talking like, oh, we need to dive into the Matrix. And I'm just in the background like like moving into the camera like, hi. Right. Do you want a latte? <laughs> no. No, we already ordered six. He literally brought us six lattes. What about this one? <laughs> no. Or they or they, they dub my voice like Pee Wee Herman and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, that's funny. Or I'm like recording. I'm like, I got a coffee for uh for Neo. <laughs> and then you go watch it and it's like, 
I have a coffee for the yo. <laughs> that <laughs> That's me. That would be funny. Um, no, so okay. I loved this movie. I I cannot stop talking about it. I was I knew I was going to enjoy it. I was shocked that I loved it. Oh, that's great. I liked it. I didn't love it, but yeah. I liked it. Well, and and obviously it's a streaming thing, so you can't buy it, but Do you think oh, people should watch it? I do I think that this is a selling point to get Netflix? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think I think oh, you got to see Always Be My Baby. That's on Netflix. Kay. You got to see the Ali Wong it's, movie. Uh, it's called Always be my maybe. Maybe. Which I thought they were going to, which is weird. Because when you know the plot of the movie and you know the title of the movie, you think that they're going to reference that? Right. And they don't? Well, like, no. And then the song at the end of the movie is, is always, always be, be my baby. baby. But and I kind like, of thought that, that they were going to have a scene as kids where it's like, if we're not this age. Right. Eh, I kind of thought that was going to happen and it didn't. So did I. And I was like, no, but it still worked. Right. Like, it, like it, it did not hurt from not having a scene. Like, you know what I mean? It's not right. like, you know what the title implies. But I, I thought it was very good. And I thought both of them were very good leads. I thought they did both did a very good job at hand. Uh, she was great. Like, I really, he, really he, liked in, her. He's all over the place in movies. I've seen him show up in a bunch of different movies. Okay. He's in the MCU. He's in all sorts of stuff. Wasn't he in Ant-Man? Yeah. Ant-Man okay. 2. Um. I want her and more stuff. I thought she she just commanded every scene she was in in a good way. Yeah. Like like everyone, background characters or, or, or otherwise, everyone in this movie was very good. And there was nobody where I was like, okay, we're done with you. No, I like even her all. like her friend's secretary who even as a teenager shows up for a second. Yeah. Cause I, and then uh, again, this movie's so funny too. There's some very funny throwaway just, just hit jokes and you're just like. Like the the timing is very funny too. Like there's one joke in specifically where he just like says something and then the secretary kind of looks at him and answers, and it feels like it goes like the pause is way longer than I'm sure it actually is. But yeah, I I love that it broke the stereotype of he's working but he's not failing. Right. I love the stereotype that he's he's working. It broke the stereotype. He's working. His dad's not mad at him. Right. He's doing his best. He's he's. What everyone was mad at him about was that he wasn't pushing himself creatively more. Right. But it wasn't hurting him. It was just like, you can do more. And the movie doesn't end with him being this huge megastar. Thank you, because that's not the point. Right, exactly. I love that she bought all his merchandise. Oh, I thought that was... See, that kind of surprised me, but I didn't really. I didn't even think about it. I, I was, was just like, oh, because I thought I literally thought we were going into he's doing better because he's pushing himself. So, of course, his merchandise is going to sell. Right. I didn't realize she bought it all. I think that's cute. I thought that was funny under the name D'Angelo. That was funny. But also, you think that if you checked his receipts and just saw D'Angelo bought everything. <laughs> like, yeah, but it kind of wasn't very good at bookkeeping and stuff. So, I yeah. didn't think it didn't. I was like, oh, yeah. He yeah. No, I, I thought I thought that this movie did a very good job at breaking a lot of stereotypes, racial or otherwise. I love that he, he smokes pop, but that's not like, he's not like, hey, man, right. take it, man. Like, he's not like a joke character. It's just something his character does. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. It's, just because somebody does something, it doesn't define their character. And I think that that was super interesting. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't follow, it didn't follow a lot of the, okay, here, because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, uh, but no. No, it, Yeah. It, and it's not like we get some dumb scene where like she gets high and puts a lamp on her. Like there, no, nope. nope, that's just a thing he does. And it, it, there's a little back and forth about it, but it's right. not like defining. You know what I mean? There, there, there's just some character traits that are just character traits. Whereas right. also, if this movie was made twenty years ago, that would have defined the character exactly. But overall, I say yeah, this would. I say this is a selling point for the streaming service. Awesome. Well, yeah, I liked it. Not as much as you, but I liked it. Yeah, I thought, uh, and the key, I mean, the Keanu thing. Okay, for nothing else, if yeah. you don't want to see the entire film, I would say fast forward. I guess you got to still fast forward. Yeah, you fast forward. You got to see the Keanu scene because it's it's a long scene, but What's it's just. What's the song that's playing when he walks in? It's something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and his hair. I have always been a huge, well, I never really liked him in the 80s because the way he, he talked, but he's grown up like all of us. But his hair bugs me so badly. I love his hair. His hair he, is hair goals. I, what? Hair goals. Hair goals? Yeah, I wish I could have Keanu hair. I, I just want him to cut it. And a Keanu beard. Beard's fine. Hair is weird. No, it's cool. It's like, no, it's, it's not. It's so cool. It's not. You know what his name means? No. Cool breeze. 
Okay, but his hair needs to be fixed. Well, it's cool. A nice short haircut. No, no, it's like cool. A Lee, uh, like a Liam M. No, it's Helmsworth? cool that it's long. No, it's not. It bugs me. No, because when he's short, he kind of looks like a doofus. I don't think so. I no, think he when looks it's handsome. long, he looks like cool. Because cause who else has that hair? That is a Keanu haircut. I know, but it's not good. It's so, cool. Okay, well, <sighs> sorry we had to go from cool to... <laughs> no way. Okay, I hate this movie. <laughs> I'm just going to, that's the end. This movie is called, although you're going to be surprised by something I say. Okay. A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Yes. Okay. It is the story of Doug Kenny. Yes. So this also happened when I was a kid and I knew, I knew nothing yeah. about this. So Doug Ken, Kenny mm-hmm. started the magazine with his partner... Just his business partner, Henry Beard. Mm-hmm. Okay. They started a, a very, what is that word I was going to think of? A very irreverent. Yeah, super irreverent. Naughty. Nobody would even touch it. And then it was the guys who were publishing, the guy who published Weight Watchers ended yeah. up public, which I and thought was, was crazy. Walsh, which I thought was funny. Yeah. See, I didn't know who he was. So this is the story of Doug Kenning. So Doug Kenning is played by Will Forte. Mm-hmm. His business partner wearing a horrid wig. I mean, literally, it was like they went to Party City and really? said, oh, it was horrid. Did you see what the guy actually okay. looked like? He looked very much like that. But I, hello. That's not the wig I thought you were going to talk about. No, no, no. I'm talking about his horrid wig. Henry that, Beard's wig. Yes. I thought Henry Be- Henry Beard's wig was perfect. Okay. It was, but I think they could have spent a little bit more money on it. But I think the problem that the reason it had to look like that is because that's what his hair actually looked like. Okay. It's anyway. The, Chevy, played- Chevy Chase's long hair wig drove me insane. And then I saw a picture of Chevy Chase and I went, well, it's pretty spot on. Yes. Okay. So Henry Beard was played by Dom Hall Gleason. D- D- Donald? Donald? I think it's like Donald. Okay, whatever. Gleason, redhead, Peter Rabbit. You, you love him. I do really like him. I think he's a great actor. Although it's so funny to hear him use an American accent. Yes. And there was another movie I was watching. I can't remember what movie the kitchen. it was. The Kitchen, where he had, yeah, he yeah. was really good in that. Okay, so they are going to get together and create this very irreverent magazine. And everyone says, no, 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 until this one guy says yes. So mm-hmm. it is really naughty. I mean, there's nudity. There's the magazine is. The magazine. It's, yeah, it's just icky. But this, the movie itself is so different the way that it's done. So the narrator, who you see the entire time, what is that? What do you always call that? Breaks the fourth wall. He's talking directly at you to the audience. And it's Martin Mull. Well, I know. I was looking at it. I can't remember the character's name. It's Doug Kenny as an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually read something about Martin Mull. Okay. You can say it. Okay. So I was reading an article because this movie is so bizarre. It's weird. And at one point, they said, uh, Martin Mull says, okay, so these actors don't actually look like the characters. Well, Forte doesn't really look like you know this Doug Kenny at 27 but does will is will forte even 27 and in the background will forte's kind of giving you a hmm face he's like, he's like wait come on so it it just the way that it's done is very weird so i googled mm-hmm. how much of this is real i have the pictures of oh read that because then it the says changes. And then it says by the way here's, here's here, the other stuff that's not real and it literally goes like this and, but you can't stop it because, okay. Yeah. So, yes, so somebody please. screenshot it. I don't know if this is all of them. Okay. It went really fast. But there's three little pages. Uh, so obviously we're going to say some things that like we might not even talk about in the episode. Just roll with it. Yeah. Uh, Doug and Henry did not meet at a freshman mixer. Henry was in a class above Doug. Board of the Rings was published after Doug and Henry graduated from college. So was the Time parody. Peter Ivers was Doug's Harvard classmate, but he was not a member of the Harvard Lampoon. Doug did not have to persuade Henry into starting the magazine. Henry was on board since the beginning. The Harvard Lampoon did did field a team of children to play softball for them, but that happened in the 1990s. Oh, wow. So there's just little things, too, that, like, right. um, Doug and Henry had met Maddie Simmons earlier. He helped them sell ads for a 1968 Harvard Lampoon parody of Life magazine. There was a third founder of National Lampoon named Rob Hoffman. Hoffman negotiated the contracts with Maddie, but soon left to join his father's soft drink bottling business in Dallas. 
Ann Beats, Tony Hendra, and Brian McConaughey were not part of the Lampoon at its birth. They joined later. Tony Hendra performed on the Ed Sullivan Show with a partner, Nick Olette. Ann Beats' confrontation with a construction worker is based on a sketch she wrote for Saturday Night Live. Uh, Mogdar is technically a dwarf planet. I loved that. Uh, Doug appeared on Tom Snyder's talk show with Chris Miller. Doug and Tony Hendra didn't swap vices. It was Tony and Michael O'Donohue who did. The Marshmallows piece was written by Robert Helt, which may have been Doug's pseudonym. That's not Will Forte's real hair. No doubt. Thank goodness. There are some mild spoilers below about the rest of the movie. You can keep reading or just come back later. We'll be here. The live show Lemmings actually came first, before the creation of the Radio Hour. Gilda Radner was not in Lemmings, but she did perform in another production called The National Lampoon Show. As far as we know, Alex never walked in on Doug with another woman, but she did eventually learn about his affair with Mary. Doug first ran away from the National Lampoon in 1971. He went to Martha's Vineyard with Mary, and later he went to see Peter Ivers and Lucy Fisher, who lived in Los Angeles. Which is, that's what they show. They kind of combined those two things. Because those two characters he went to live with, aren't they in Martha's Vineyard? Yes. And they they didn't live in Martha's Vineyard. Right. Ann Beats and Michael Donahue quit National Lampoon over the phone with Maddie Simmons, not in the office. The editor who called 911 while in a fight with Maddie was Ted Mann, not Tony Hendra. Uh, Doug's brother Daniel succumbed to a life to a long illness and died in 1968 when Doug was in college, uh, not when he was a kid. Okay. Oh, okay. Everyone was a lot more sexist and racist than they appear to be. The idea to do a standalone yearbook parody came from Maddie Simmons, and it was based on a piece Doug and Michael O'Donohue wrote for the magazine. M- Maddie Simmons seems definitely more of like a helper in real life than than a the, kind of antagonist. The money guy. Than, yeah. To the magazine. Um. Doug met Catherine Walker at a party at her apartment, not at a bar, but he did bite into a wine glass like a crazy person. Chevy Chase was not there when Doug delivered goats to his parents, but Doug did buy them goats. While on a date with Catherine, Doug sang When You Wish Upon a Star to Her, but we couldn't afford that song. (laughs) I liked that one. The line about ships and sinking rats comes from Sean Kelly. Animal House and Caddyshack were made for different studios. Brad, the studio executive, is a composite character. Got it. Doug showed a drawer full of cocaine to Rick Meyerowitz, not to Chris Miller. Doug saw Airplane with Peter Ivers, not with Catherine Walker. Also, it was Peter Ivers who who found Doug's uncashed check. Doug and Henry did meet up in New York, but not on the day of the Caddyshack press conference. And I think that's that's all the ones on this. There might be more, but... So, in, in reading all of that, it's just kind of like, okay, so what... How much of this is true and how much of this is just kind of made up based on a true story, but just kind of really ished it. So what I I did a little research and Mm -hmm. it is based on a book. Yeah. And the guy said that he did over 100 interviews. Yeah. So I'm actually very interested. Here's the part that I thought you would be surprised. I want to read the book. The book is probably intense. Yeah, and that's okay because that's what it says. It it tells about all this, and yeah. I really want to read it. So anyway, so it's just there's just a lot to it, but it's in your face. I mean, really, really, like at some point, all of the the magazine covers and everything else they're like flashing at you, and it. it I was just overwhelmed. And and and. I remember you watching it and about halfway through you're like, well, I don't find this stuff funny. And and I looked at it and I said, that's not the point right now. Right. They're not trying to play these for jokes. They're probably showing you how insane they got in the 70s without trying to – like they're not showing you those four laughs. They're just showing you those. You know what I mean? Like of like – I think you almost laugh out of shock. Theodore's in the room with us. Theodore just proceeded to sit up, stare at mom, and then just sat back down. Yeah, that's right. I was like looking at him because he, he just literally looked at me, kind of glared at me for a minute. I thought he was going to actually fall asleep sitting up. Yeah. And then he and laid he back just, down. He went back to sleep. So, yeah, it just was so in your face. And I think, but I think that's what that was Doug, the point. That yes, was and that was, was him. And, and so you find out what happens. And then... Like I said, this the magazine is doing well, and then he just leaves. He, he leaves, leaves a note, kind of like I gotta go, and and I loved what the back of the note said. Oh, I don't remember that. That's this is not a bit. Oh right, because of because how much Doug would just joke and joke and joke and joke, and everything was a joke to Doug, and everything was was how far can I push the line? I was compa- I could to, when I talked to you about this movie, I compared it to Man on the Moon. Yes. How far can I push the line? Right. How far can I go? How far is too far? There is no too far. 
Oh, there was too far. Wait. <laughs> yeah, literally. But um, yeah, it just, so then he leaves and then Henry has to run the whole ship, literally. Mm-hmm. And he's he's more of a business guy. Yeah. Than a funny comedy kind of let's push it here, let's push it there kind of guy. Yeah. But then he comes back. And then it's not the same. He doesn't really fit in. He doesn't because they've had to go on without him. And he's he's at A and they've moved on to F. Yeah. Kind of. And you just, I think throughout the whole movie, and okay, so there are. You see Chevy Chase played by... Joel McHale. Which is interesting because they were both in community together. Yeah. And when, uh, I, I was reading an interview, when Joel McHale found out he got the part, he called Chevy Chase. And Chevy Chase told him a bunch of stories about him and Doug and like... And, like, here's how me and Doug interacted, and here's how this and that. Like, he was actually pretty stoked that he was like, oh, dope. Yeah, here's everything about Doug. Like, I, I miss Doug. Like, let's talk about Doug. Right. Well, and it it's just interesting. So then, so, and John Belushi, Gilda Radner, um, I feel like I'm missing, oh, Bill Murray. It was that whole comedy scene. Mm-hmm. But as the movie went on, I just got sadder. Yeah. And sadder because, first of all, he... Okay, I forget. I keep forgetting his name. Doug. He he suffers from major self-esteem issues because in the movie, his brother died when he was a little boy and the dad definitely favored the older brother. Yeah. So nothing that Doug could do, he felt, he felt like nothing that he could do was good enough. And the dad didn't help. No. And the dad was, yeah, the dad was like, okay, this is the way it has to be and you're not like that. Yeah. But I just, and the cocaine. And that didn't help. And there was so much cocaine. And I just, and it was the women. And I just, I saw this path and it just made me so, so sad. Yeah. So I. And everyone else is kind of going up and Doug is going down. He is just, yeah. And and there are people in his life that are trying to help him. But it's not, it's not working. According to this movie, Chevy Chase tried to help him and then they went on a big binger. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right word. But, and then not his wife, but. The girlfriend. Catherine, really, the new girlfriend. She really tried to help him. And then it's kind of like if you're going to self-destruct and I've tried to help you, you don't want help. I can't help you. Yeah. And it's it just made me so sad. And, and like I said, it just, I kept feeling sadder and sadder. And so he was divorced, I think. Coke user, low self-esteem. He had depression. He just... He just couldn't, he did Caddyshack. It was all about. Caddyshack wasn't an immediate success and he felt like a failure. Right. Okay. So, sorry. I said the wrong movie. Animal House. Blew up. Animal House blew up. It did really well. He felt good when things, when he, when people were talking about him because then that made him feel like he mattered and, and that he was something. Yeah. So Animal House, he did great. But then he kind of went through that that path again of it's over. I need something else. I have to be better. I have to have people talk about me. And when he did, when he went to the movies and in, in the movie we watched when he was with the girlfriend, Catherine, an airplane was a hit. Yeah. He was destroyed. He because he goes, there's there's Caddyshack. He goes, yeah. My movie's going to be stupid compared to this. Right. And and I think Caddyshack was kind of a cult favorite. People yeah. love Caddyshack. I love, and I don't know how true it is, that he hated the gopher. He, he hated the, go- the gopher. But I thought the gopher was the, so the funny. The studio was like, no, put the gopher in. He's like, I don't know. It's not a kid's movie. Right. Like, it, it, But but that that was, to me, Animal House. Caddyshack was that beginning of the... Look at those lineups. Right? Like, like, look at who's in, look at who's in. Right, and, but it was the beginning of the naughty comedies, yeah, you know, totally. or that punch-in-your-face comedy, like Airplane. I have to tell you, I hate Airplane because it's all the the punch-in-your-face comedy stereotype over, 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 over. Let's repeat it, let's repeat yeah. it. And I'm like, okay, done. So, I do, and then the ending of this film is so bizarre because they make it seem like he committed suicide because I was sitting here yeah. and I, you were not here and I actually texted you in really big letters. He, he killed himself. And you were like, keep watching. So, and then you were like, it's over. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was literally about two more minutes left. I loved his funeral though. Okay, again, not reality. That is... I, I didn't believe that happened at all. I would love to read that in the book. 
I'm going to get that book because I don't believe. So what we're talking about is, first of all, at the funeral, they're all there and it's very somber. And the dad is like, wow, he really was loved. People really loved him. And is it Bill Murray who says the funniest people in the world are in this room or something like that? Yes. And it's and, like, yeah. And then, and so what you're, then what they do is they bring in Will Forte's character. Will I'm, Forte? Yeah, Will Forte's character. Oh, yeah. Sorry. For some reason, I thought you meant Will Arnett. And I'm like, he's not in this movie. No. So they bring in Will Forte played by Doug Kenny and he's dead. But the way that the movie thought is, so they show he's sitting like on this big ledge kind of thinking about life. He's really Mm -hmm. depressed. And then the next scene they show, I kind of jumped around a little bit, the glasses and his shoes. Yeah. And so that's why I texted you. But then they were saying, oh, it was an accident. Yeah, it, it, in real life, it doesn't look like it. I don't think his shoes and his glasses were there. Right. I think he, everything was just there. Uh, there was, uh, even the National Lampoon made a joke, like after it happened, the National Lampoon made a joke that uh, he died looking for a better place to jump. <sighs> like, See, and to me, that's not even funny. But it's the joke he would have made. I totally like, would have made. Like, and, right. And it, it, so then at the end of the movie, then Martin Mull, who plays. Old him. Who never gets to be old him Such because a great fake out. It, so yeah, I know. It's like, wait, what? And he, even even he's like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, it's a metaphor, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, his Henry is there and he's serving food and it's very somber. And and uh, Doug Kenny goes, "Come on, do it!" And they totally have a food fight at the end of the funeral. And who yells food fight? John Belushi. John Belushi. Yeah. Uh, I didn't believe that anything. And then the mom and the dad are throwing food. Okay, no. As, as <laughs> I would love that. As, I would love that at my funeral. Okay. So I did not like this film as much as you did. I always like to learn stuff about stuff that happened when I wasn't born yet or little and couldn't pay attention to it. I, it was just... <coughs> sorry, I coughed. It was just too different for me. I, I think it could have been... I understand the way that they went this way. I understand that they kind of took that crazy kooky turn, but I didn't like it. Uh, The food fight was inspired by real events. Oh, wow. It didn't actually happen. Okay. But his, Doug Kenny's real friends were kind of upset at how somber and sad his real funeral was. Right. Because they, like, that's He wouldn't have wanted it that way. He wouldn't have wanted that at all. And Paul Kressler, one of uh, the writers and a very good friend of Doug's, was like, we thought about starting a food fight. Like, we just, we, because that's what he would have done. Totally. Yeah, I just, I, for me, okay, for me, this is a skip it. It's not a throw it in the trash. It's a skip it because it's just not my kind of stuff. I think you definitely liked it better than I did. Is it a selling point for Netflix? Would you say, oh, you got to see this. You got to get Netflix because of this. Okay. I would not say that. But you would say that. I would say that, yeah. So, so it is it is for certain people, mm-hmm. and I am not one of those people. Totally fair. But, you know, it was good to see those actors. It was kind of funny to see Will Forte, because I just saw him on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, he, he's funny. And I thought he did a very good job. He's uh, all- I don't think he's that funny. I think he's mediocre. But what do you think of him as this character? I thought he was great as this character. Mediocre. Oh. I thought he was pretty even, and that's, I don't know. But I did, I guess, you know what, I, that probably isn't fair because I did feel bad for him. Yeah. So he did his job. I thought there's there's a couple really good wipes, uh, like just scene transitions. Oh, okay. The one where he moves from New York to L.A. Oh, that was cool. And he walks outside, takes his jacket off, and the, the camera, like it's a long shot, and the camera just pans. Because when he walks outside and it's dark, I'm like, something seems weird. Like, right. this doesn't seem right. And then, yeah, that the fact that it was just like a shadow they were in as opposed to like, well, I thought that was cool. There was, and the hair. Okay, the first, the really long hair was really bad on him, but then he got to go shorter and um, that was better. It was like Owen Wilson hair. I thought when he, uh, when him and Chevy are in Hawaii and then Catherine walks in and he goes back to talk to Chevy and he's like, where'd Chevy go? And she's like, Chevy's been gone for days. Yeah. Like it, it kind of showed that like as they like, oh, he passed out again. Right. Like he's just passing out. And uh, no, I thought that there was a couple uh, when his his then wife, Alex, finds out about or like walks in on him cheating. And it does it in the style of like the dirty comic, uh-huh. which we saw like maybe minutes before. But now it's like really sad. Yeah. Because it just ends with him sitting there alone. Like he almost he looks like he's going to cry. Right. And I thought that was super interesting. Like I thought that was a cool way to flip that. 
Let's talk about something though with this movie. Okay. Let's talk about the real people, like okay. the actors, okay. and how you thought the person portraying them did. Okay. How did Bill Murray, whoever who played Bill Murray? I didn't even really realize that was Bill Murray until he like yelled or something. His, and I went, uh, when he sang yeah. to Doug, I was like, whoa. I thought that was pretty good. I thought he did a very good and job. Then, uh, Paul Schaefer on piano just in the background. Oh, I didn't even, again. It's not really Paul Schaefer. It's but, Paul Schaefer playing Paul Schaefer. Yeah, but, but like, I didn't realize that that's who it was. Um, and that was major, just a major drug trip is what that was. Yeah. That wasn't real. Yeah, but I love that he's totally singing. And he's not just singing. He sounds like Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, especially when he's doing the radio. You could not have the pocket monkey. Like he sounded like, I was like, whoa, Gilda Radner. Yeah. She's barely in it, but yeah. she was great. She was okay. How did Chevy do, or how did Joel McHale do as Chevy Chase? Actually, pretty well. When, I, when he fell over things, I was like, that's weirdly like his physicality was very Chevy Chase. Exactly. And the move. So, yeah, his physicality was spot on. Uh, what about uh, John Gemberling as uh, John Belushi? It was fine. Uh, Harold Ramis. Great. Because I some of them I'm like, OK, who is that? But like Harold Ramis. Perfect. Uh, um, there was somebody else. Ivan was, Reitman. Spot on. John Landis shows up for like a second. I didn't even know who he, that he just, was. He has like a big beard and I'm like, oh, that's John Landis. Uh, what do you think of Seth Green as uh, Christopher Guest? Is that who he's playing? Yes. And I love Seth Green and I love Christopher Guest. So it took me a minute, again, because they didn't really look like who yeah. they were supposed to be. And then they would put like little words under there. It took me a few minutes. But no, I thought that was pretty spot on too. Yeah. I, I, I honestly. Oh, and then one that is barely in it. But I was like, whoa, what? When... uh. When Doug breaks into the interview, or he like bursts into the interview about Caddyshack, and he hates Caddyshack, and he's oh, screaming and he's this super stupid drunk. Movie. He's so drunk, and uh, his parents are there. Okay, I love his mom. Yeah, Annette O'Toole. I think so. Yeah, she's in the new Netflix series that I've been watching called Virgin River. Oh, cool. she's great. Uh, what you? And he's barely in it, so if you didn't even notice him, that's fine. What do you think of the guy who played? Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Bad. Are you kidding me? Terrible. Are you kidding me? It was too much. I mean, I understood, okay, when he did it, then you knew who he was supposed to be, but I thought it pushed, he pushed it a little too far. Oh back my it, gosh. Back it up just I thought it bit. was recordings because we barely saw him. Oh, right. So I didn't think it was like, I thought they just didn't cast somebody and just used audio of Dangerfield. Because like in the, when you first see him, he's off in the distance. And he's right. like, oh, I've never been in a movie before. And then it's him, Chevy, Bill Murray, and they're the only ones, but there's actually supposed to be someone else there, I think. Him. Uh, no, no, no. They're supposed to like in the, you can find the footage of the actual oh, okay. interview. It's very different. It wasn't at Dangerfield's, I think, which is funny that it's his. You didn't like the Dangerfield? I thought the Dangerfield guy was spot. I was like weirdly like, whoa. I just think if he dialed it back just a little bit, I think, teeny bit. See, and I think the problem was he was too close. Oh, God. The rest it. of them okay. were not that close at all. And, and he, he was it. like, whoa. Like, yeah. that's a very good. It was kind of weird to me, too, that I get that, like, Dangerfield's barely in it. So why would you cast someone important as Dangerfield? But, like, it would have been fun to see, right? like, David Cockner as Rod. You know what I mean? Somebody were like, oh, that guy. Because there was a lot of, oh, oh, did you see Paul Rudd's cameo? No. Paul Rudd's a, a picture in the yearbook. Oh, that's funny. No, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. This is a picture in the yearbook. That's so funny. Yeah, I, it was okay. It was okay. I thought, I, I yeah, I liked, I liked this a lot. But I put this in the same category as Man on the Moon. Right, exactly, and you had and take said it the, take it with a grain of salt, you know what I mean? Because obviously they took a lot of liberties. They ished it. Yeah, they, yeah, they ished it pretty hard, but they took a lot of liberties. Right, that's what I meant. Everything is kind of ishy, but yeah. All right, so should I do our spiel? Do our spiel. Okay, we have a Facebook page. Kid tested mother approved on Facebook. We have a Twitter. Uh, KTMA show at Twitter. We have Discord. Come talk to us. It's in the notes. It's in the description. Description. Whatever. We have a Tee Public. If you'd like some really good Kid Test and Mother approved merchandise. If you'd like to sponsor our baby little podcast, patreon.com slash KTMA show. Mm -hmm. We have an email. We do have an email. Which is what? KTMA show at gmail.com. Oh, and we do have an email today? No, I was saying we do have an oh. email. I was just seeing if we had anything. We don't. We don't. So that's it. Domino's. Domino's Pizza emailed me on the KTMA email. Oh, well, we don't it's want It's an any. ad. We don't need any pizza today. <laughs> All right. Speak for yourself. So, yeah. 
Shoot, you know what I realized, and maybe you can help me if I already did this. Yeah. But you know how we always do, what are you doing, watching, sh- saying, all that stuff, yeah. buying, selling? I didn't talk about my birthday movie marathon, did I? No. On my birthday, which was last week, Easter. You talked about it on Discord, but not officially on the show. Right. So I went to Redbox, and I rented movies that I wanted to see. Yeah. Because, I don't know, we only have one DVD player, and- yeah. It just, I don't know. I never get the ones that I want. I'm always getting other ones. So I watched Angel Has Fallen with Gerard Butler and... Morgan Freeman. Love it. It was very good. I also saw Little Women. Amazing. It was the best. Really? I loved it. It was really, really good. What I liked about it too is it took the story farther than most of the other Little Women ones take it. So I liked it even better. And it has... That l- a lot girl, of people. No, the one that we like. Cyrus Ronan. We like her. Okay, then I saw Motherless Brooklyn. Yeah. Based on a book, screenplay written, directed by Edward Norton. Yeah, what'd you think? Loved it. Really? I, I really liked it. And I saw a fourth movie, but I can't think of what it was. Wasn't that good then? It wasn't that great. Let me think. It probably was. Mm, one, two, three. No, there was one more. I can't think of what it was. So it wasn't that great. But um, otherwise, let me see. What I'm, oh, I'm just watching now. What am I watching on TV? Guys, grocery games oh, and yeah. diners, drive-ins, and dives. No, it's good. It's really good. That's about it. What are you watching or playing? Or You had comedy information. I do. Don't you want to talk about what you did last night? Oh, I did a show. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a big, important show. No, I mean, it was a worldwide comedy thing. It was 24 hours. It was cool. We were right after L.A., and there was actually two comics that I grew up watching in the early 2000s. Like, I grew up watching them on, like, I love the 90s and and whatever, and they were, like, right before us. And then a couple hours after, there's a New York comic, Mike Kaplan. He's very funny. He's been on a couple things. So it was just cool that technically we're on the same lineup. But I don't, I mean, that's not a festival credit. Like, it, they called it, like, the 24-hour comedy festival. It's cool, but I'm not going to be like, I was on this Zoom comedy festival. Because it's like, I could make a comedy festival right now on Zoom. It doesn't mean, you know what I mean? It, right. It, it, it's, that's not that. I mean, it's cool. And it was cool to be on a lineup with them, technically. But, yeah, it wasn't that exciting. It was uh-huh. fun. Well, I was proud of you. Thanks, Mom. I'm always proud of you. Yeah, you tuned in three comics after me. So I, that I was, just, yeah, well, I didn't mean to. I it was, was like, like, it was like in those, like, those movies where the little boy's like, Dad's coming in my baseball game. And then it's like, they're like, swing, swing. And he's like standing there at the plate. And he's like, and he like looks to dad and there's just an empty bleacher. I love that. I absolutely love in those movies. There's not like someone else sitting there. There's just an empty seat. There's in the no bo- seat. Yeah. In the bleacher. And he's like, Ooh, and then the ball strike. And they're like, you suck, Timmy. And then everyone's laughing. Yeah, I'm sorry. And then I the was... dad becomes Peter Pan. There you go. I, um, yeah, I, did, I normally don't watch your stuff. No, and you I was, hate it. No, I don't hate your stuff. You I, hate you hate it because I don't hate your stuff. You didn't no. You hate the experience because you're afraid to. You're afraid. What if I bomb? And you're afraid. Well, and, and you don't want to hear some of the other naughty stuff that people say. Ugh, that's the. I know you're not going to bomb now because you're so good. That's stop. No, <laughs> I'm still going to bomb. Everyone bombs. Well, anyway, that's not it anymore. I was. I used to be nervous for you, but now I'm not because you're good at it. And you're comfortable in what you do. But I don't like, and anybody that's ever listened to this podcast before is going to know this. I don't like excessive, non-necessary bad words over and over and over and over and over. Because those are the only words we actually know how to put in sentences. I don't find that funny. I also don't find excessive talking about body parts and sex over and over in a comedian's bit funny. And then you add the bad language and the naughty parts. And I'm just, it's, it's uncomfortable for me. So I don't usually watch them only because of the other people. I think you're amazing, but it's very rude if I just come in and watch you and then come out. I didn't even know that you knew because you, you Facebook me or something. And you're like, I'm already done. I was just, I just kind of wanted to see Because I was, it. I was with, uh, I was with Whitney and she pulled it up and she was like, yeah, it says your mom just started watching. And I was like, Already done, Mom. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to kind of see what it was. And once I saw it, I was like, yeah, whatever. Baseball field has already been cleared. Sorry. Uh, I, we've right. already gone home eating orange slices. I'm you were too late at your work meeting. I'm sorry. Now I feel bad. <laughs> Don't really feel bad. bad. I'm just going to use more hook hook <laughs> references. How have we not watched Hook on this show yet? Because I don't like it. You don't like Hook? Nope. Why? Well, because that boy's not very nice to his parents. 
He's kind of bratty. Yeah, but Robin I Williams know. sucks. In that movie. Okay. That would be good. There was another one that I was like, how have we never watched that? All right. So now should we go for Amazon? Amazon. Okay. I have a problem. What? What? Because I have or? two. <laughs> no, everything's good internal. Um, I don't know which movie to give you because you and I talked about one movie, and then you said, "Mom, I don't know because it's the way that people were making this one movie seem was like I didn't know if it was going to get like gross." No, I read the reviews and they're basically like it's boring. And then somebody goes, "Why are you people saying it's boring? It was really good." It's probably you. So no, so I picked another movie. Okay. So I don't know. Shall I give you movie A or movie B? Movie B. Okay, you will be watching Love and Friendship. What is this? I think it's based on a Jane Austen novel. And it's a it's an Amazon original. What? Called Love and Friendship. Pass. Then you get the Lost City of Z. No, I don't want You give me garbage. I I don't think I gave you garbage. Yes, you did. Not on purpose. Okay, maybe a little. No, I actually love, I thought that the Lost City of Z looked really good. By the description, I thought it looked really good. And, and then, then when I went back, because you said, oh, mom, I don't think it's going to be very good. Because you were afraid it would turn into some horror film or well, something. Well, I was just icky. like, the way that people kept saying, like, there was these weird, like, summaries. And the end was like, it's not going to go the way you think it is. And I'm like, what does that mean? I think it's just, from what I was reading, it's just boring. Yes. And like one of those two hours you never get back. But it sounded good and the cast looked amazing. Yes. Um, but then when I looked back, then I had seen, it's I think Jane Austen, Love and Friendship. It's got that Jane Austen feel to it, which mm -hmm. I love anyway. Sure. So again, haven't seen it. Don't know if it's any good. Sure. So that's, you're watching Love and Friendship. Okay. And it's free. Yay. You're watching something that's going to make you sad. <laughs> Oh, I don't like sad. Well, I don't know if it's gonna make you sad. I think you're. I can already tell that your your review is gonna be like. Mm, I didn't like that. He wasn't nice to him. Your movie is. Pick me something else. No, I don't have anything else. Please pick me something else. Your movie is written. No. You. What do you mean? No. I don't want to watch it. Your movie is written by Shia LaBeouf, and it stars Shia LaBeouf as his dad. He's playing his dad. Yes. So Shia, LaB the character, the main character, is not Shia LaBeouf, but it's Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Like Shia LaBeouf wrote this movie. It's it's semi autobiographical. Okay. okay. And the main character is him. Okay. But it's not him because it's like Greg LaBeouf. You know, it's like a different okay. character name, but it's it's him. Okay. And he's playing that character's dad. Okay. You were watching Honey Boy. <sighs> All right. I think it's just going to show like how rough it was as being as a kid. I don't think anything gross happens, but I don't think he had a super good relationship with his dad. So it's going to be interesting to watch that. To be that honest, I really want to watch it. always makes me sad. Yeah, but now he's in Transformers. Yeah, but he also was in the other one that I haven't seen, Peanut Butter Falcon. I've heard that's very good. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. So, all right. So wait, what am I watching? Honey Boy. Honey Boy. And all I'm right. watching Love and Friendship. Yes, Why do you, you make that face? Because it looks like it's a great Jane Austen film. Hopefully it won't turn like Crimson Peak and be like this great Jane Austen film and then... Ugh. I'm going to look this up. Love, so, love, it's called Love and Friendship. Love and Friendship. Should we say goodbye first? Well, no, because now I'm going to look it up and I'm going to make a funny joke. Okay. You make a funny love joke. Love and Friendship is a movie about two siblings who kiss. Why no. are you making me watch this again? No, it's not. What is this? Lazy Lady Susan Vernon arrives at her brother-in-law's residence church. Oh, I fell asleep. Sorry. It'll be good. That'll be fun. And that's what we're going to do. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.